Once Upon a Time is right now, here on Fable City Radio, with your host, Martha Whitehouse. Tonight on Fable City Radio, we will be exploring The Gnome, a fairy tale adapted by the Brothers Grimm that tells the story of an unpopular brother who has to save three princesses cursed by their father's anger into an underground dragon den. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy The Gnome. Once upon a time, there lived a wealthy king who had three daughters. Every day, the king took a walk in his palace garden to gaze at his collection of ornamental trees. The king's most treasured possession was an apple tree that produced large, blood-red apples that were said to be the sweetest apples on earth. The king decreed that anyone who picked one of the apples would be banished 200 leagues under the ground by one of his wishes. So no one really knew how sweet the apples actually were because no one had ever tasted them. Because of the decree, the apple tree was overburdened with giant red apples and its boughs were groaning under the weight of the fruit. One morning, the king's youngest daughter was staring at the tree, wishing she could taste its fruit. She tried to resist temptation, but she couldn't control her urge to pick an apple. So she reached up, picked the apple, and took a bite of it. Then she ran to her sisters and said, Sisters, you must taste this apple. It is the sweetest thing I have ever eaten. The two older princesses hesitated because they feared the wrath of their father. Don't worry, sisters, said the youngest princess. Father loves us too well. He would never wish us underground. That is a rule for the strangers who pick his apples. The reluctant princesses relented and each took a bite of the fruit. But the moment they swallowed, all three of the young women were whisked into an underworld of complete darkness. When the time came for the midday meal at the palace, the king's call to his daughters went unanswered. As long hours and then days passed with no sign of them, the king sent word to the farthest reaches of his kingdom that any brave man who could find and return his daughters to him would be rewarded with one of their hands in marriage, as well as a great fortune in jewels and gold. Many men came in answer to the king's summons, but although they searched night and day to the most remote ends of the kingdom, no sign of the princesses could be found anywhere. One day, three brother huntsmen heard tell of the quest and decided to set out on their own journey in search of the princesses. They lived on the edge of a vast wilderness and decided to take their search to a part of the forest they had never hunted in before. After days of cutting through the deepest forest growth, they came to a mysterious stone castle that they had never seen before. They saw no one, so they walked into the castle and called out, making their presence known, but no one answered their calls. The three huntsmen searched through the rooms of the beautiful castle, and finally they came to a dining table that was laid out with fresh, hot food. Once again they called out, but no one responded. Finally they decided to partake of the spread laid out on the table, and they ate hungrily. When they finished, the eldest said, We should make this place our home for now. 
We will draw lots, and one of us should stay here while the other two continue the search. Then we can change places so that we don't tire ourselves. The brothers drew lots, and the eldest huntsman was chosen to stay in the castle, while the others went searching for the princesses. When the oldest brother was alone, he decided to eat more of the wonderful food on the table. But no sooner had he set to, when a small gnome appeared at his elbow and asked him for a piece of his bread. Very well, said the huntsman, and he cut off an end round and held it out to the gnome. The gnome pretended to reach for the piece of bread, but he let it drop to the floor and said, Please, sir, could you pick up that piece of bread for me? The huntsman bent over to pick up the bread, and at that moment the little gnome began beating him viciously with a stick. When the huntsman tried to fight back, the little man disappeared. When the other two brothers came home, they had nothing to show for their day of searching, and the eldest brother told them of the terrible beating he had received at the hands of the gnome. The next day, the second oldest brother stayed in the castle. The same little gnome appeared and tricked the middle huntsman, who was smarting from the gnome's blows when his brothers returned home. The third day, it was the youngest huntsman who stayed behind in the castle. His brothers were happy to be rid of their younger brother, whom they had great disdain for. They were also happy to be safe from the dangerous gnome who plagued the castle. When the gnome appeared at the elbow of the youngest brother, whose name was Hans, and tried the same trick to induce him to bend down, Hans said, No, if you cannot be bothered to pick up the bread I gave you, then you don't deserve it. The gnome argued, but Hans would not be swayed. So the gnome bent down to pick up the bread, and Hans seized his stick and began to rain down blows on the gnome's head. The gnome cried and said, Stop, sir. Stop, please. I beg you. I know you are looking for the princesses. I am a below-ground gnome, and I know where they are. Just release me, and I will tell you how to get to the place where they are hidden. Hans stopped hitting the gnome and asked him about the princesses. Oh, dear, said the gnome. I know where they are. They are in a cavern, and they are each guarded by a fearsome dragon with many heads. You will be able to get them and rescue them, but I'm afraid that you will be betrayed by your brothers. They don't like you very much, you know. Hans's brothers returned from their day of searching. They asked him how he got along at the house. He told them about the attack of the gnome and what he had told him. All of the brothers decided to leave the next morning to rescue the princesses. Following the gnome's directions, Hans was able to locate a deep well. The older brothers told Hans to climb into the bucket hanging over the well, and they lowered him to the bottom. There Hans found three doors, and behind each door was a fearsome dragon with multiple heads. The first dragon had seven heads, the second dragon had five heads, and the third dragon had four heads. Hans quickly slammed each door after getting a glimpse at the monsters inside. The princesses were forced to pet and comb the strange hair on top of each dragon's head. This was the fate that had befallen them ever since their father had wished them underground for eating one of his apples. The princesses cried day and night, but they could not escape their punishment. Hans reopened the first door after readying his knife, and when the dragon heads reached out for him, he cut them all off and helped the first princess out of the cave. He did the same thing with the other two doors and saved the other two princesses. 
Then he called up to his brothers, and they told him to load each princess in the bucket one at a time so they could pull them up. After all of the princesses were drawn to the top, the brothers told Hans to get in the bucket. But remembering what the gnome had told him, Hans did not trust them. So he took a heavy rock and he placed it in the bucket. When the brothers pulled up the bucket, they cut the rope when it was halfway up and the rock tumbled to the ground in front of Hans. His brothers thought that he was dead, so they left with the princesses, forcing them to promise not to tell their father who had really rescued them. Meanwhile, Hans was trapped underground, and he feared he would never find his way out again. He looked around him, and all he saw was a flute on the wall, and he thought to himself, why would anyone play music down here? It's absolutely hopeless. Why should I play music when there is no hope? But there was nothing else in the cave to help him, so Hans took down the flute and started playing. And with each note, a gnome appeared, just like the one that had confronted him in the castle. After many gnomes had appeared, Hans asked them how to get out of the cave. One of the gnomes said, Just wish it so, and we will help you rise to the surface. Hans made the wish, and the gnomes grabbed him by the hair and carried him out of the deep well. Then Hans rushed to the king's castle, and he made it there just in time to see that his brothers were marrying two of the princesses. The princesses were about to say, I do, when they saw Hans, and they fainted. The king was angry that the wedding ceremony had been interrupted, so he ordered Hans arrested. And when his daughters woke up, he asked them why they had fainted. The princesses said they had promised not to tell anyone the truth of their rescue, But their father insisted on knowing the truth, so he told his daughters to walk into the kitchen and tell their secret to the stove. He waited at the door of the kitchen and heard the truth. After the king found out what had actually happened and that it was Hans who had rescued his daughters, he ordered him released from prison and he had both of his brothers arrested and sentenced to death. Then the king blessed a union between Hans and his beautiful youngest daughter, and the couple lived happily ever after. The end. I hope you enjoyed my version of The Gnome. The Gnome is an Arnie Thompson classification system type 301A, known as the Quest for the Vanished Princesses. You'll remember, or you may have heard from a previous broadcast of mine, that the Arnie Thompson classification system is just a way that all of these different tales are grouped into different types. And there are many that have common elements, so it's an easy way to keep track of them. There are a number of tales that follow this particular plot. Stories such as The Big Bird Dan and Bird Dom from Norway, The Blue Mountains from Andrew Lang's Yellow Fairy Book, The Blue Mountains' Dirty Beard, Flowers That Vanished in the Night, Four Kings of Ireland, The Golden Ball from Italy, and The Princess and the Elephant from South India all share the same basic plot, and there are many more stories of this type. The Gnome was a new story for me. I never heard or read this one as a child, and I don't know if my child self really would have enjoyed it, but I do find it interesting now. Let's talk about the first part of the story. The king who loves his apple tree more than anything or anyone else in his kingdom. It seems pretty irrational for the king to value a tree whose fruit no one has ever tasted. 
This part of the story suggests to me the idea that anticipation might be seen as better than reality in a lot of ways. Anticipation can be a powerful force, and looking forward to enjoying something often seems to be better than actually partaking of it. How many Christmases did I as a child look forward to the big day, count down on an advent calendar, eagerly awaiting the arrival of Santa, and then daydream for hours about all of the presents I would receive? My brother and I would stay up most of the night before Christmas discussing what our presents would be, and I dreamed about the happy moment I could demolish my mother's careful wrapping jobs. But once every present had been revealed, how quickly the thrill faded, even when I got exactly what I asked for. It was the anticipation that was the joy, and not the actual event. I also like planning trips more than I like going on them. I, like many people, am an anticipation addict. I think that in the gnome, the king doesn't want himself or anyone else to experience the letdown of the reality of his pet apple tree's fruit. What he wants is to enjoy thinking that apples and eating the apples would be a sublime experience beyond measure, and he doesn't want reality to get in the way of his anticipatory pleasure. After all, if no one eats the king's apples, then no one can tell him that the apples maybe aren't even all that great. I also think the, the story kind of cautions that if you protect something or value something so much, you might actually lose something even more valuable. The king loses his own daughters over his obsession with an apple tree. So he's lost something even more precious than the thing he held to be the most precious thing of all. And I think that as people, we can drive away others when we value something too highly, we drive them away with our anger if we feel they violated whatever that sacred thing is. The next part of the story is Hans's story, and the anticipation theme is also prominent here. The search he goes on with his brothers is also a kind of anticipation. The brothers are all described as huntsmen. They enjoy hunting. They may also enjoy catching prey, but it's the hunt that is exciting. When the location of the princesses is found, their rescue scene is almost anticlimactic. The story is titled The Gnome, even though the part played in the story by the titular character is pretty small. Hans's brothers dislike him and think he is slow-witted, and yet he outwits the gnome who has beaten up and bested his brothers. Hans doesn't exactly outwit the gnome, but he refuses to pick up the bread the creature has dropped on the general principle that a person who has been offered help should be willing to make an effort to take what is offered to him. Then Hans takes the opportunity to get the upper hand and extract the location of the princesses from the gnome. Hans quickly kills the three fearsome dragons in the cave with very little effort, and the princesses are rescued and helped to escape their dark prison. Hans's brothers betray him and attempt to kill him, and they turn out to be more dangerous to him than the multi-headed dragons. So I think the story also warns that a dangerous stranger can sometimes be less menacing than a close relative. It's also interesting that the princesses are held captive by dragons with multiple heads after eating forbidden apples. These plot elements are similar to the Greek mythology story of uh, Heracles, Hercules in Roman mythology, fighting Ladon, a, a dragon-like creature with a hundred heads who guarded the golden apples of Hesperides, and also the later biblical story of a satanic serpent offering tempting apples to Eve. In the end, like most fairy tales, things work out the best for the innocent hero Hans. 
I hope everything works out well for you this week. Take care until we meet again soon in Fable City Radio.